Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hour Show, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin, and my mission is to help entrepreneurs make a difference and to navigate the messy world of startup, relaunch, reinvention, and plot twists. Joining me today, we're going to be digging deep into the story of our guest so he can share with you the best concepts and strategies he's learned so that together we can help you fast track your business. Today's guest is Jeremy Holland. A very yeah. welcome. Thank he you so much. Fascinating story. He's come from the world of not-for-profit and has now gone into business with his wife. He's a seasoned marketer with a backstory um, in leadership and publishing. And when he reached the crossroads of struggling to support his growing family on their not-for-profit salary, he decided to go into business as a digit and create a digital agency. It was everything from a side hustle to a family sustainer, which is going to be fascinating to dig into. He specializes in SEO for small businesses, and he has a proprietary playbook of data that he has developed that has led to the formation of the do-it-yourself SEO business. Super excited to have you with us. Thank you, Christine. I'm fascinated by this decision to come from a world of not-for-profit to having the courage to say, I want to reinvent or start a new chapter. Talk to me a little bit about what was the catalyst in that moment and what was it? What was going on in your head at that time? Well, I will say that the, the ending with my nonprofit, my church work, you know, had sort of the, the climax of a little bit of, you know, political shifting and basically of kind of pushed, uh, you know, off to the sidelines, so to speak. So I kept my, my job, my salary, but I was basically pushed off the off the power track, if that makes sense. I'm sure many people have experienced that. They just fall out of favor of the main people for a variety of reasons. And and so I knew that that was the moment when I was going to go full time with what I had been doing actually uh, uh, as a sidelight for about three years at that time. So it was a this was a progression. I was working and enjoying what I was doing full time, but I was building a side hustle, working for one and two than three small business clients as their digital marketer. And I would describe this as being a 1099 or a contract worker for entities or organizations that were too small to hire someone full time and maybe not sophisticated enough to sort of manage this operation themselves or piece together freelancers. So I became their single source of, uh, of solution for website, SEO, social media, anything related to the online world that they were involved in, I, um, you know, I handled for them. So that became a steady source of revenue. And then when, when the political one shifted and I found myself out of favor, it was perfect timing to just press in. I didn't yet have a full-time income at that time, but I did have some savings and, uh, began to just more actively, you know, seek, um, seek clients and opportunities. And, and, and they came, it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. It wasn't, you know, overnight, but just one at a time, I would add these steady clients for a thousand or two thousand dollars a month, et cetera, and begin building, um, you know, towards a full time family sustaining income. My wife was not working at the time, and so uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And I did have to learn a lot, the just the hard way, a lot of videos, a lot of how to build websites and what themes are hot and what do I, you know, kind of. I really had to work on my own process in order to be efficient in what I was doing. I did a lot of. In addition to the steady client work, I did a lot of website development projects for fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, 
um, where I would turn around a website really quickly. And some of my advantages were I was really scrappy in obtaining copy and images and just just making the process as um, as low contact as possible for the client, knowing that they just didn't have much to give toward this. Of course, if they would like to supply me, I would use whatever they give me. But many times I knew how to just harness the little bits of content that they had or maybe some old defunct website and just you know copy it and grab it and then expand upon it and create a nice, fresh, fast-loading website for them quickly. And that became my calling card. So I get a lot of these um, you know, basically through networks of people that I know here in the Houston business community, I get these, these nice projects, which I can turn around really fast, sometimes in three, four days and, you know, just pick up a quick 2K. So, um, this. you know, this is an interesting one. And I, I, we both, we both share is, is that we were peers, uh, we're both entrepreneurs. And I actually also started my first business, the first of three uh, as a side hustle. And I think this is a really interesting one in, you know, when I hear your story, because when people are looking at side hustles, I, you know, not everyone has initially the plan that this will be the plan. <laughs> Sometimes there, there's, I always say a million reasons to start a business, but there is the and component. Like I have a current passion and yes, it, you know, plot twists happen, goals change, aspirations shift, and suddenly there's a recognition of this could be the main thing. Uh-huh. I'm curious if you sat down in your family and said, we have to go all in. Because, yeah, you did have some savings, which you're really lucky to have, mm-hmm. but you had to say this needs to create income. And I think it sounds like one thing you did very successfully is the client piece, which you know is one of the biggest challenges that people struggle with is the goal from I want to do this as a side hustle. But how do you get enough clients to be the full time thing? Talk to me a little bit about sitting down with your family and saying, OK, this is what it's going to mean. And this is what were there parameters around that where they're timelines that you guys had discussed and said this is it it's now uh, great question i think uh, we we just we knew it was going to work and and i know it could maybe could be a little more intense for different people in different times and different scenarios because we'd had several years of preparation with me doing this on the side and during that preparation time i uh published self-published a book i've been doing some blogging online business type stuff for myself, none of which had like generated significant amounts of income, but I'd really dabbled in all, you know, gotten a solid introduction to all the facets of online marketing. So I did feel very capable and I knew that, um, I knew that if I just did, you know, quality work for people for my first set of clients and, and, and make them happy, um, you know, almost provide like full-time service, but with a part-time um, I mean, just efficiently and, um, and, and at a, at a reduced rate, I knew I would find, um, more clients. And, and so I really wish I'd, I'd market, press the button harder in marketing, honestly, but I also kind of built up, I built a, as I could, as I could handle. And as I, all along the way, I was building systems to make my process, um, more efficient, you know, so now I have WordPress blueprints and templates and I use oxygen builder and i mean i'm i have a checklist that i use i i I interface with um with some some other contractors so i send them a a set of things to do when i get a new website design project boom 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 boom. and so uh then i know what what my piece will be when i come in on the back end and prepare you know prepare the item for final presentation to the client so um 
Yeah, I wouldn't say it was super, super stressful, although I felt it felt lonely at times working alone and working, you know, just at times not having enough to do in a day. But I was um, I was building um, I, I kind of kept the like online marketing in my own personal platform in the background the whole time. And that's that's, you know, dovetailed around to today where now I'm, you know, I'm marketing my my playbook, as you mentioned, in the introduction DIY SEO. It's it's what I put together for myself. So on the SEO side, people would ask me, help us rank better. Can you help us? You know, we're appearing on the second page for uh, carpet cleaning, uh, but we, of course, want slash need to be on the on the first page. And so I began that journey of understanding domain authority and rankings and uh, on-site SEO. And I really, really zeroed in on the fact that the, the majority of the number one SEO problem that the majority of smaller organizations have is simply a lack of quality backlinks. And, and most of their woes can be attributed to this backlink lack. And so I began studying higher performing organizations, medium tier and high tier kind of players and looking at their backlink profile and just walking back and think, you know, essentially making notes and putting, putting data into, to my air table, how, of how they were able or, or how they were likely able to obtain this backlink. Did they pay for a sponsorship? Did they sub, you know, were they quoted in a blog? Did they join an industry organization where they cited in a local paper? Did they create a social media profile or some other type of business directory profile? And so I just, this, this has become 3000 different entries. And now I have it organized industry by industry. I have location specific backlinks for, for Texas. Um, I have special plays. So I have opportunities for a small business to harness some of their assets and some of the things they're doing for online PR and gain. And so, um, so that's a big part of my story. I, I, I really, even though I did an agency, I always wanted to have a digital product or some kind of, you know, passive sort of digital, uh, you know, online marketing uh, income, which I think it's the same for all of us. Yeah. And so just my, my, my tip to anyone listening is no, take, keep track of what it is you're doing. And as you're creating a process or as you're collecting data of some sort, or as you're, you know, you're approving upon some someone else's training or whatever. Keep this material and then then figure out how to best package it up, and um, you know, begin to get it out there. And it's uh, that 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 is a fun feeling when you're actually selling your own info uh, um, product. Well, and knowledge is one of the most powerful things because you know I, I'm curious in your space in the SEO world because I, I I'm, I'm surrounded by small entrepreneurs in my my world day to day, and and that question becomes you know. When does the SEO conversation start? You know, okay. I think sometimes this is a timing conversation where we, we we might feel out of our depth. We don't know what to look for. We don't know how to hire for it. We we kind of see the results. It's a buzzword, but I think it's not as always understood, certainly from your level to my level. Um, mm. With somebody who lives in it day to day, somebody goes, I know sort of what the benefits are, but tell me, when does this conversation start to percolate? Or when do you think people should start to be thinking about SEO strategy as it relates to growing their expertise, audience, visibility, all of that. Oh, great question, Christine. I really feel like it's something that should be baked into the initial strategy or just stop and pause right now and just answer a couple really simple diagnostic questions for yourself, for your brand. And that is what keywords 
would we like to rank for? Are we attempting to rank for? Many people don't know that. And at the, the parent level, let's just have one, two, three parent level keywords. Um, and then there can be lots of, uh, you know, derivative or, or child terms that, that, you know, that spawn off of those primary three. And so when you understand those primary three keywords, you can then answer the question, do I have any content on my site already that, that addresses those three keywords? Because sometimes, many times people actually don't. As, as odd as that sounds, they're just like, oh, well, I, I guess I don't have a page about flood remediation, you know? And like, well, I mean, they may mention that one time on the homepage with like a sentence or two, but there really should be a dedicated page or post. And so it almost doesn't matter. Google, they're just looking for that URL. Do you have a URL, yourcompany.com backslash your primary keyword number one, your primary keyword number two, your primary keyword number three, because that's the most likely page to to, to rank for, for that keyword. So once someone's done that and got a sense of that, then they can quickly scan and understand a little bit about their neighborhood online, who who's out there, who do they see ahead of them in Google. Many times people do know this and they're They'll, they'll throw out one company. Oh, I'm so tired of seeing XYZ company in front of me, you know, and, and that's a real source of like personal frustration and I get it. And so then using an SEO tool, a backlink checker, like Ahrefs, you can quickly get a sense of how strong their backlink profile is, that number one competitor and, and compared to your backlink profile. And I tell many, many people, we can simplify this to a common 100 referring domain gap. So that is the top plumbing company in your suburban area of Canada uh, probably has 100 more referring domains than the number five or number six company that's on, um, you know, on the second page. So that's that's the typical difference in a small to, to modest competition arena. 100 referring domains. I know that's a little bit of a jargon term, but a referring domain is is uh, maybe a better way to understand a backlink. That means one single backlink from from a unique domain. So we'd rather have one domain from 100 referring domains than 50 backlinks equaling 100 backlinks from you know, two websites or two referring domains. So Google really appreciates that breadth of connection to your website of course they're factoring in who that website is their domain authority and all of those things but i'm just simplifying the game to say look you need to add referring domains and typically a a hundred referring domains will make a massive difference for uh, moving the needle for smaller organizations yeah, and this is such an interesting thing because for for everybody who 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 missed, the, I'm going to say the the real magic here. It's it's Google's viewing you as a credible expert, mm. it's putting faith in the trust mm. that you are okay. One legitimate. Two, mm. two, you have you know. I'm going to say social proof. That's the yeah. Family. That's other that person is- saying we're connected and we're proud of that connection because it's public. And when you talk about ranking of the domains, it's about you know. With every level of of their credibility boosts your credibility, and I think sometimes this is often the thing that I think business owners kind of get out of sequence because they think mm-hmm. I just need to build the website, and mm-hmm. I always say, you know, building the website is in my case, I have to say, optional. I spent the first two years of my business without one, 
But once you have one, you've got to have a strategy to, to, to connect the web. Like, remember, the web is connected by very nature. Mm-hmm. And then working with somebody to say, let's build mutually beneficial, high quality collaborative contacts. And about wow. yes. one part of it, yeah. right? Yes. So I'm wow. curious, you know, in your own business journey, as you look back, you think, what is the thing I, I should have done earlier for my own journey? Like you help clients bridge this gap. But if you look back, you know, was this a lesson you learned for yourself and apply to others? Or were there was there another big mistake that you went, I wish I'd done that well, great, great question. I really wish I would have been a little more, a little more adamant about promoting myself and what I'm doing. I sort of tilt towards the, you know, maybe the humble side of the equation. Um, at least, you know, historically, that's been my pattern, and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm maybe so so focused on avoiding the, you know, the the moniker of like the blowhards and just the people that are kind of off-putting in general that I have maybe not trumpeted my own horn and just, just pushed my message out there enough. And so I would definitely um, encourage anyone from day one to begin, begin sharing your brand and your material and what you're doing and tidbits of your work out there sooner on social platforms, creating, you know, creating an audience. Cause I really, I'm sort of, you know, doing that late now, uh, you know, I mean, so I, you're not I, the only I, one. I spent a lot of time on <laughs> my father. That's what I did. That's where I spent a lot of my wheelhouse in is you built it. And okay. it's the Kevin Costner field the dreams business strategy. I built it. They will come. And then you're going, oh, not coming. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Coming I, at all. Experience this. Like the, like I've, my product is way better than my own personal branding at this point. Let's put it that way. And so I need to, I'm now promoting and sharing and and i think there are a lot of ways to do that along the way so i'd encourage someone to do that while they're building uh say i'm i'm gathering data on x y and z i'm you know i'm learning about this i'm preparing about this i'm 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 getting ready to to share more about this and 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 build that audience now even with incomplete work or tidbits um because that that will definitely serve you it is, it is such an important one. And I think this is a great tip definitely for the audience, because this is something that I think a lot of us do late. Uh, it is something that you need to do always because yes. you are constantly establishing your authority. And the interesting thing is you think it, it feels very self-important to talk about your own stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why many of us do struggle with that uh, limelight or stepping into really? the limelight. It's harder, especially when it's on its personally versus really? you know, the product we did. It's a little, we're actually a prouder parent when we are maybe when we look in the mirror. But the yeah. interesting thing is, you know, people aren't as aware of you as you think, and that can really hurt your business. And, yeah. Yes. And, and without even you being aware of it, because you think you've made an offer and you think everyone knows about your offer. And I will tell you, one, you're not making enough offers. And two, people mm-hmm. are not nearly as aware of you as you think they are. And mm-hmm. so even if you amped it, I would say 10%, 100%, you're still just like a dot. Yeah. That's so true. Get out of your own way and do this consistently. And then be, I would say, even a gracious guest of saying, you know, can I can I amplify your business? And would you amplify mine? And that also can help you with more social proof. I think yeah, that is a good point. How important that can be in the journey, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. In fact, by by going on a podcast show or hosting the podcast show, that is a as you mentioned earlier, it's a very natural way to to establish quality backlink connections 
proving, providing that social proof to Google, which is a really great way to understand SEO. SEO is basically social proof to Google first and foremost, because they're looking behind the scenes at our, they're looking under the hood of our car. That's the on-site elements of, of, of our websites, how fast they load, of uh, the metadata, the, just the quality of, of the build overall. And then they're looking at the, you know, the, the backlink connections, which are almost like social votes or referrals or, uh, you know, it's almost like a review for a restaurant. You know, you, if, if you're in a new town and you're looking for a steakhouse, you might be more interested in the one that has more reviews. And, uh, so, you know, it's just, that's basically what Google is doing in an instantaneous second. And so, so many startups and other new folks neglect to build these backlinks or, and I guess it, it does seem daunting. They maybe don't know where or how to build them. And um, so that's what I'm bridging the gap for, you know. Now they know they can come find you and do the <laughs> DIY SEO. I'm curious, you know, as you look at your business, you talked a little bit about, you know, your own personal branding and the need to get, you know, more amplified in that sense. I'm curious also, as you look at the growth of your business and the trajectory that you're on, what is the roadblock that you see that is slowing you down or that um, you need to overcome, you need to bridge the gap to truly see the success you envision 12 months from now? You know, that's a great question. I feel like the roadblock is simply just getting more traffic and more visibility from uh, from shows and then paid ads. I mean, that's probably my biggest roadblock. I really just need to get deeper and in, into conversations where where my uh, you know my primary avatar is hanging out, and that's a small business owner, either a startup or a local service company. And so, um, as I do that more and more, like that's what I'm doing. You know, today I'm on your show, and so that's and, you know I'm pressing into a new avenue, and um, with folks who know you and know your, your platforms. And, um, so that's, that's, that's the roadblock. I, I, I'd say the roadblock is just, is connecting with hosts and with influencers, um, and building those relationships. You know, fortunately it doesn't feel like a hard block, but it's just a little bit of an uphill climb. Um, you know, making some of those, uh, wow, connect. Yeah. An intentional strategy here is, is the long game, you know, yeah. it is really important because especially if your business, you know, you, where I want to lead you to my, my last question is, you know, it's important to play the long game because they, they, it's important to have the links, but it's also, you know, my links date back from many years ago. It's not like you did it all in a heartbeat. And, yes. and there's also, again, a little more of other longevity plays to our psychology of comfort when we're putting dollars in other people's pockets. So I'm curious, you know, we understand the roadblock, but I want to know, you know, you're on a journey that's a family and you're helping small businesses, which are family businesses mm-hmm. and they put money back into the local economy. So I'm curious, you know, what, what would you view or what is the aspiration in terms of legacy? What does success look like for you in this journey? What kind of impact do you hope to be making, you know, say in a couple of years from now, what is the legacy and why is all of this momentum building for you? What's the hope out of it? Well, thank you so much. Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And, and that's, that's something I, I need to reflect more on as I go because I get very action oriented and there are times when I'm not as uh um you know reflective or goal setting as I ought to be. Um I'm definitely my legacy would I would like to be able to employ um a handful of people in this operation and I would like for DIY SEO to be an exciting marketing aid to a couple thousand small businesses across the US and 
uh, English speaking world. And um, what's unique is I, I feel like I'll be able to save some folks some money from overpaying at uh, at marketing agencies where they often don't know exactly what they're getting. And so this is priced at like a, you know, 199 sort of budget level operation. So I would like people to feel like they can confidently check their SEO box and um, and have it have a have an ongoing strategy because I've lined out backlinks for people to build on a monthly basis. Of uh, these are general backlinks that apply to lots of different business types, and then I've also got special plays. So each quarter, I encourage um, my members to. Uh, employ a special play. And that's something like a podcast, like um, promoting a published work, i.e. being an author, uh, creating a scholarship, creating an event, promoting a job opportunity, having a contest, a coupon, or a discount. So those are all examples of special plays where someone can basically harness that that item or that accomplishment and and share that uh, widely with the um, with the with the website resources I've I've lined out. So, if, for example, if somebody has a scholarship, um, or if someone would like to create a scholarship, or at, at my prompting, they simply create a, a scholarship back you know backslash scholarship page on their website, come up with with the framework, um, actually offer a scholarship, of course, and then promote that to the different universities and uh, colleges and high schools that I've um, I've collected it within my database. So I've got the the email contact or the form to fill out to share that scholarship page, which in turn will hopefully mean, you know, the client will get mentioned. So that's the kind of thing that can be transformative for a small business because if if someone's a, a plumber in, um, you know, upstate New York, they all of a sudden, you know, in, in a few months, they get a few .edu backlinks from universities because they're offering a scholarship. They're going to see a real noticeable shift in their, their market position, um, in their local market. So it's just, it's the kind of thing that will instantly make small, smaller entities stand out by employing one of these special plays combined with, with some monthly backlink building. I love it. You know, this is a, this is, this is going to be my kind of my, my thoughts on this is, you know, this is about creating employment for others and yeah. seeing success of others. And, and, you know, I always say, what's the, what's the purpose of small business? It is to create family. It is to create employment. It is to create long-term success. And what I love what you've shared is, is there's membership and this is a long-term strategy. You know, you yeah. can start where you are. We've already done kind of the research behind it to help get you started, but this is an escalated path that you can reach. It's an accessible one. Sure. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to learn about what you do and share your Thank story. You. Thanks so much for coming on with us today, guys. That's a wrap. This is another awesome episode of the Ewellpreneur After Hours podcast. But before you go, a couple housekeeping things. If you love this, we would love a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur and you are looking to get your message out, maybe build some backlinks and help your strategy, make sure you refer yourself and come apply to be one of our guests and subscribe for future episodes. Right now is the time, if you're an entrepreneur, to make a start. Get your next idea happening. Now is always the perfect time. Thanks so very much again, Jeremy, for being our guest today. Guys, we will catch you on our next episode. Thank you.